let's talk Germany. There's no way dancing around this. <laughs> <laughs> we ought to talk about it. My, our, I'd like to say hate love, but it's more hate and mildly appreciate. You know, maybe that is a better description of the, the edges of the uh, relationship spectrum. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, right? Because when we think about relationships, we usually think about relationships with other individuals, with other people in our lives. But we do have relationships with things other than just humans, right? Sometimes it is, it could be an idea, it could be a sport, an activity people are in love with objects, right? Their bicycle, their car, their handbag, whatever the hell it is. And we also have relationships with things like the countries we've grown up, right? Neighborhoods. You can have a certain feeling towards a neighborhood and have a history with a neighborhood and have animosity or love or anger or nostalgia or whatever with a place. But when we talk about places, we don't think I don't think we do often really contemplate what kind of relationship we have with those places and how those places have shaped us and how the relationship or the feelings that we have towards those places might be influencing the choices we make in life. Now, for both of us, maybe let's start at the beginning and then we'll work our way into the present. But for both of us, I'll speak for me first. I grew up in Germany as an immigrant kid in an immigrant factory worker family, I distinctly remember I grew up in a neighborhood full of immigrants where most people didn't speak German well, didn't have an education. Most parents of my friends barely spoke the language, had never gone to school, and were all factory workers. And I remember from a young age at that time very much having or receiving the message that I am not that welcome, right? I'm sort of, it's okay for me to be there, but I'm not necessarily truly welcome and I'm definitely not embraced. And that started for me, I think in first grade where I had the unfortunate, you know, whatever you want, circumstance of having a t-shirt that was maybe slightly racist and was having, you know, anger attacks and kind of fits of rage anytime I spoke a word of Greek with uh, my best friend in first grade, who was also a Greek kid. And so in the, in the breaks, when we would speak a little Greek with each other, she would step in really hard and scream at us, you know, hit us. Uh, she grabbed me once by the hair and, and threw me down my chair. Um, and so that maybe is the furthest I can trace it back. But I remember kind of the general consensus with all the kids that I grew up with was, fuck Germany, you know, Germany, like whatever. And it was a constant kind of like us against them. And if we're not good enough, fuck them. They're not good enough. They're dumb. They're this, they're that. That was kind of a very, you know, very... Um, rebellious sense. And so I grew up with that feeling of, I'm not really that welcome here. People don't really think that well of me. They would call this blackheads, uh, black in the sense of black hair in German, right? Or Canex, you know? Blackhead is, uh, like is, so, is so German, like German, German. In, in Berlin, we didn't even use, like, I don't think anybody said that. That's funny. 
Yeah, Schwarzköpfe. You don't know that? Yeah. <laughs> Schwarzköpfe. No. Mm -hmm. But it was sort of like you looked very, you, it was clearly that you, know, you had dark hair, you looked a little yeah. kind of foreign. And then usually the name also gave it away, right? Just having like a terrible foreign long name in my case. Um, and so I, I remember growing up and feeling not welcome, feeling from most of my teachers and kind of the school as a system or entity rejected and, you know, told that I'm not good enough and that I don't belong. And that instilled in me that feeling of, well, fuck you then. Right? Who the fuck are you? And then I was seeing and seeking the things I disliked about the country, right? Uh, and I saw it as a adversary versus my home. And this continued. I mean, even uh, you know, remember going to a new school in fifth grade, and the principal was also the German teacher. And remember the very first class. How old are you at fifth grade? I was, uh, I don't know, oh, you're like ten years old or something, eleven. Mm. I was shitting in my pants being in that class, you know, the fucking principal. And he was like super conservative and he walks around and watches us try to like hand write something off the, the whiteboard. And he looks over my shoulder and he looks at me really sternly and goes with this kind of writing, you know, don't belong here and you won't last very long. That's the first thing he told me, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like a 10 year old kid in first class. It was the first class, <laughs> the first, you know, it, this is the this was the kind of consistent messaging that I was receiving, so I was always thinking, "Fuck Germany, fuck these people." I am here, be, not by choice, right? My grandparents and parents immigrated here. I'm kind of born here, but one day I'm gonna pack up my shit and I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. And that's exactly what I did, <laughs> you know. Um, things got better, you know, with, with age. You know, once I, I think, dropped out of school and I started engaging in some entrepreneurial endeavors and seeing some success, you know, I did okay in Germany and I didn't encounter some, like, consistent, really bad situations once I passed the teenage age, I think. But I still definitely held on to that that feeling of not being welcome and that feeling that... This is not a culture that, I, that appreciates me, and I also don't appreciate it that much. I fucked off when I was, what, 23? Came to the U.S., and for a number of years, I sort of was like just doing my, living my version of the American dream, which was, you know, <laughs> more struggle than struggle. dreamy. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's funny. I, I uh, just as an exercise, we'll jump to that maybe later, but I wrote... I was doing a creative writing exercise and I started writing a letter to my stepfather, Germany, right? And kind of like wrote it as if it was this, I was in this household of this conservative, you know, Germany and I was allowed but never accepted or embraced. And that, you know, kind of hyper conservative archetype of a stepfather was always looking at me and telling me I'm not good enough. I don't belong here. I'm dirty, I'm dumb, I'm, you know, whatever. And I was just waiting, like, one day I'm going to fucking leave this house and I'm going to drown you in my success and come back, you know, kind of Count of Monte Cristo style and, and rage my revenge uh, on you. But in a sense, once I was gone, oh, and in that, in that letter, funny enough, there kind of, there was a, a paragraph 
where that step, you know, when I was struggling in the US, I was hearing my German stepfather or the stepfather of Germany saying, didn't I tell you it's not going to be a fucking Hollywood movie? You can't just go there with no education, no college degree, no connections, no visa and make it. You're going to fail and come back here with your tail between your legs, just like I told you. And I was like, fuck you, I'd rather die than come back a failure. Um, but, you know, I did my my American thing. And then when I started traveling back to Germany to visit family and friends, I felt a softening of my relationship. I felt, you know what? I kind of appreciate the nice things about Germany. I would go to a German bakery and be like, great fresh bread. You know, what a what a beautiful German thing, you know, uh, a thing I honor or I would, uh, you know, whatever, like go through a building, an old building and see how well it was maintained. I was thinking the Germans, they don't they know how to do things well and correct. They know how to organize. I remember being at the airport in Frankfurt. Oftentimes I would see these German managers with their perfect haircuts and their perfect suits, not too fancy. But, and I was like, I was always laughing thinking German managers, they're amazing. They're just a beautiful breed of human. So efficient, you know? Um, and I started see softening up a little bit and seeing things and remembering and being open to things that are great about German culture and that had benefited me and have, influenced me greatly right i'm to a large degree uh i am you know german i think probably maybe 40 40 20 40 german 40 american and 20 greek you know i have all, all three cultures inside me but i could start seeing kind of the nice things about it but that was as i was a visitor you know like when I was living there, I hated it. Then I kind of grew up and left and I started coming back to visit. And then I kind of, I made peace with it and I appreciated it. And then life circumstances changed again. And I started part-time living there again, right? Having an ex-wife and having children that live in Germany and me going back and forth between Germany and the U.S., and that's when I went back really hard, at least emotionally, and I started hating any time I was in Germany. Just like this feeling of being restricted, confined, the feeling of being somewhere that I'm not fully of my own choosing, and really struggling to appreciate its beauty. And especially, there's a lot of beautiful things there for me besides my children, there are my brothers, my nephews, my nieces. There's my mother. There are incredible friends there. Um, I have many, many, many people I love deeply. And when I go there, I am surrounded by amazing people. But I can never appreciate them as much as I'd like to because I hold this grudge. And in the last year or so, I've been thinking... I need to fix this. I need to change my relationship with that country because it's not just the country. The country is some sort of like anonymous thing, concept, right? But because so many people that I love live there and they all know how much I hate being there, it creates a kind of energy that I 
dislike myself. I mean, even with my mother, I remember having tea with her um, a couple of weeks ago. And then she said something along the lines of, yeah, you really hate it here, right? And we talked a little bit about it. And when I left, I was thinking, wow, how do the people that love me feel about me obviously disliking it here so much? Because they chose, this is their home. So when I come and I look around and I make, you know, a disgusted face, I'm looking at their home. I'm looking at the place they choose to live in, the place they like. And I come and kind of poo-poo on it. I don't say much, but everybody kind of feels it. And I hate that. I don't want to be that person and be that way. And I'll also just selfishly want to be happy when I'm there and enjoy it because I'm going to be there. There's no way around that. Um, now, coming to you, my friend, you grew up in somewhat similar circumstances in a very different place in Germany. But I assume, I always assumed you tried to escape and left and immigrated to Thailand. And I remember when you were coming back, sometimes seemingly also having some, you know, problems <laughs> with that country. But just, you know, not to put words in your mouth, how kind of summarize your own little journey in terms of living there, leaving, yeah. and you are not in the situation I'm in now. When you go back to Germany, you're visiting at this point. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a nice short vacation in the most beautiful time here in Germany <laughs> in spring. So it's, it's much more easy going. It's funny, when I was listening to you, I was actually realizing, yeah, we grew up in such a different kind of Germany. Like, you grew up in German, Germany, yeah. country, right? And I grew up in Berlin, where it was actually, like, in, in Kreuzberg at the time, where it was actually good not to be German. Like, the German kids <laughs> in my school had more issues because, you know, other people would kind of bully them with their cut potato, right? Dude, you grew up in the hood. Like, Kreuzberg Berlin was the <laughs> fucking hood. That's what all the gangster rappers in Germany would rap about. It could not, where you grew up, could not be more different than where I grew up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, I hated my teachers, but I didn't think of them as like, oh, the Germans, but it was just the teachers, right? And we had like Turkish teachers. And, and uh, so, you know, didn't, and they were assholes too. So for me, actually, the, the feeling of like, oh, Germany sucks was just more when I, or it was most pronounced that I felt that way about Germany when I was coming from another country back to back to Germany um, and specifically Thailand, right? Where I really, I just love Thailand so much. Every time when I went there, I was so excited about it, about the way people interacted with each other, right? And then I came back and I saw all these serious German faces. Um, <laughs> and that just, just, that contrast was so intense. And, you know, like, like you said, now my relationship with Germany is so... So easygoing because I just go there maybe once a year in, in, in my favorite time of the year that I I almost have a hard time like remembering how much I hated it. But then <laughs> then like I, I recall just okay visiting you and going to your favorite coffee shop in the little town that you lived back then, right? Yeah. Coffee pause and I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> I can't breathe in here. This place I, sucks. I loved that you were uh, even more snobbish <laughs> about hating everything that I was. You know, that was saving me. I'm like, finally, somebody that gets it, you know, that has taste. This is yeah. terrible. <laughs> you know what? I also remembered um, 
remember when we traveled through Thailand together the first time and I remember going out with you in Thailand and having drinks and dancing in a club a little bit and you were just like super loosey-goosey and just enjoying yourself. And then a few months later, I remember you being in Germany with me mm. and I was we were trying to get you to go out <laughs> and just even just sit with us and have a beer or something. And there was just no talking you into it. And yeah. even at, at a birthday party or something, you were just, yeah. you were determined not to have any good time in this country, <laughs> not to be out socially at all because you hated everything. And I was thinking, wow, yeah. Ramin, Th Thailand, Ramin, and Germany, Ramin are two very different people. Like <laughs> you had a very hard off switch on fun, <laughs> as yeah. I remembered it when you were back. Yeah. yeah. This is a long time it ago, but it is true. Like also, like you know, the, the school experience. Like I think there was a lot of things that you know people, in particular teachers, told me that kind of stuck with my German mind, right? And, mm. Where it's like you're never gonna be. You, you're not even good enough to become a garbage man, right? And, and you're a little shit, and all of this stuff. Um, and I think I internalized that so deeply that it kind of, you know, I built up this wall around me mm. there. Mm -hmm. um, And in you know, in another language, in another country, like I, I think I did, I didn't have that. Right, it was a kind of freed of that. Or it was more easy to shed that. Which um, is part of why I think that I love kind of this part of the Australian culture, where you know, people once they are whatever eighteen, nineteen, before they go to college or something, they have this very strong backpacker, uh, backpacker culture of mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. traveling around the world and visiting different yeah. places before they go to school, which is amazing. Because truly, yeah. at that age, when you were, I don't know, 18, 19, if you can travel and experience totally different cultures than your own, and yeah. with that, the freedom to express yourself completely differently, to take on yeah. new identities, because nobody knows you, right? Mm -hmm. To take new kind of risks without seeming inconsistent in your environment. Um can be such an empowering and educational and freeing experience. And I remember when we first met, which was at those hypnosis and NLP workshops, you very much were operating within a black box, right? Mm. Like your interaction with people was very limited. I don't know what kind of secret code people had to have to get into your box, but it was definitely <laughs> secret. You know, it was not easily accessible. And your mm -hmm. energy was very inward, right? You would just yeah. sometimes yeah. stand or sit around people, but you were not with us, right? You were inside of your I own understand. mind doing your own things. And yeah. then I remember seeing you the first time in Thailand and I saw you out of the box, just with mm -hmm. people, your face awake outside, your eyes connecting, you know? And I thought, wow, holy shit, this Thailand is good to this man. <laughs> this man is completely yeah, yeah, different yeah. than what I remember yeah. him a few months ago in Berlin. And yeah. to some degree, I mean, you visited with your family and your, your daughter. And obviously today, you know, it's different. It's not, the contrast is not as stark as, uh, in my observation. But back then, I feel that you really were kind of unconsciously Thailand had become this place where you could be a different version of you. And when you came back to Germany, you just kind of 
took up your box, you know, as you were landing with yeah. the plane, you were packing, <laughs> you were going to luggage <laughs> claim and you were also claiming your box and just putting yourself back in the box yeah. with two holes where you could just see your eyes. So you just like walk around Germany in that little box yeah. and not yeah. willing or interested in you know, interacting too much uh, with people. Mm -hmm. I told you this, this story where I was in San Francisco after a couple of years and I hear a, it was an older German couple that with a map and were trying to figure something out and they had a strong Swabian accent, which is the area of Germany I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And I hear them and I just smile and look at them and go, oh, are you guys from, Sw you know, from Swabian? In Ger I say that in German, big mm -hmm. smile. I'm just happy that I found them and I'm instantly thinking, I'm going to help these people if they need something. And they mm -hmm. look at me in terror, right? <laughs> and put down the map real quick, almost like hiding the map and, and going, uh -huh. uh, yes. And then they walked away, you know, <laughs> to a place where I couldn't hear them anymore. And then they put up the map and struggled again to try to find how to go where they wanted to go. And I remember yeah. standing there and thinking, you fucking Germans, you yeah. fucking yeah. Germans. Yeah. All right, yeah. we'll struggle with your stupid map, you idiots. Right? I, yeah. I could have helped you. But they're like, what does this stranger, this stranger hurt us talk. Let's go further away. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay. Having said all this, um, you know what's funny? I, I, I'm curious if this is going to change, but because like I've always maintained that my kids, when they're 18, I'm going to push them to go and travel for a year or two around the world, right? Don't start studies. Don't start working. Like studying, working, all this stuff can wait for a year or two. Just go travel the world. Um, and I made that a standing offer to the kids of my brothers. Told them, hey, mm -hmm. if any one of you wants to do this, Uncle Sally is going to pay for it, right? Pay for the tickets, obviously, and a little bit of money, you know, so they can do some hostel stuff. And then they'll still have to do a little bit of hustling and working, right? Not kind of not buying them five-star hotel experiences. Um, and none of them, I think, is interested in, in doing any of this. Oh, really? Which, which blows my mind. Like, really? I, would have, yeah. I would have totally taken myself up on that offer. But yeah. I think they're all way less ambitious than I was and also way more comfortable where they are and a bit maybe too um, they grew up very protected so they I think they're also a bit afraid like none of them has ever traveled alone and traveled in the kind of backpacking way or any any of that um, but maybe they're also still young right I mean the oldest of them just turned 18 um my niece is seven. No, she's also 18. I have two 18-year-old niece and nephew, and then the next youngest is like 16. So maybe give it a year or two. Maybe they'll reconsider. But um, putting all that aside, my question to myself, what I'm wondering today is, how do I change my relationship with that country because today it's very different i mean today there's plenty of people in germany that admire me and that celebrate me and that think that i'm a great example of a german entrepreneur that went to silicon valley mm -hmm. and did it right yeah 
And over the years where I lived there, I helped and advised and met with hundreds and hundreds of German entrepreneurs and VCs and investors. So people in Germany know me, or there's some people in the startup scene, or in the startup scene, mm -hmm. a good amount of people know me, and they don't call this asshole, there's nothing to do with us, they celebrate me. And in general, I don't have any authority figures that are making my life difficult. And yes, there are things about the culture there that I don't love, right? People are colder, people are way more small-minded, way more conservative. There's less smiles, there's less laughter, there is less, you know, zest for life. So when I'm in that country and I look around, I'm not inspired by the surroundings and I'm not kind of inspired by the people I encounter randomly, right? It's kind of the, especially where I'm from in Germany, it's way more gray, efficient, very German. Right? Um, and so these things I don't love and I can't just force function myself to all of a sudden go, this is the most beautiful and romantic and inspiring town in the world because it's not, not for me. But how can I relax more and change my relationship. And I think it's not just the country of my upbringing as a child. It's also maybe the fact that I have this story that I'm there involuntarily mm -hmm. when I'm there. You know, mm -hmm. I feel sort of like I'm forced to show up there at certain times. And there's something in me that obviously rebels against yeah. being there, not fully on my own choosing. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the circumstance. I mean, again, I can rationally see, rationally, I can challenge all these thoughts, right? Even the I'm not there in my own choosing. I am. I'm not in fucking prison. I could choose not to go, not to visit my family, not to visit the people I love. But I don't want that. I want to go, right? So I do choose to go. That is the rational side of things. And in my mind, I could make gratitude lists and I could make lists of all the things I love there and I could think about the activities I appreciate and the things in the culture I appreciate and how to expose myself more to these things and all that, all these things rationally, like even the quality time I get to spend with my family there and all that. But emotionally, I've not yet been able to penetrate and reshape the way I feel when I'm there. All right, so Dr. Asemi, besides moving to Thailand, right? What, what other remedies? What other remedies could you think of? What else could I do? I mean, one thought that I had was, let me write a letter to it. The whole this whole practice of writing letters. You can write a letter to yourself. You can write letters to people that have died, people that are not within your reach anymore, to tell them the things you really want to tell them, to get things off your chest. So writing a letter. Definitely felt good. I don't know if this is changing something. I'm not in Germany. I'm like, I'm still mm -hmm. in the US. So we'll, we shall know that did something. But that was one idea. Maybe I need to write a letter and kind of discuss and work through my relationship with this country and see if we can make amends and find a better place. What else could I do? I don't know. I like your, I like your letter idea. Um, there's also, I mean, there are parts about Germany that are beautiful, right? Um, yes, have, very much so. Yeah, there's even like like great German writers, right? So yeah. meeting them in German, 
could be something. Um, but remember when we talked about this, where I was uh, reading um, Hesse, yeah, yeah, Kaf, uh, uh, no, who, Hesse, Hermann Hesse, yeah. and I was reading yeah. it in English. Yeah, and you were saying, why do you read a great German writer not in the kind of the original versus yeah. the translation? And I was like, I don't know. There's a part of me that just. <laughs> Resists yeah. reading a book in German. I've also not read a, a a book in German in forever. Right? Yeah. I mean, since I was seventeen, eighteen, when I started reading business books in English, there was no going mm -hmm. back, and that was it. Then I, I just stopped reading in German. I was like, yeah. I'm just going to read all these English books. But yeah, there are uh, you know amazing. There were incredible writers and thinkers and philosophers that wrote in German and wrote very poetically. And it's a very distinct and different language that has its own power and magic that can't be replicated or translated. Just like every language has certain things that is so their own that when you translate, some of that magic goes away, right? Um, oh, dude, Schopenhauer. Schopenhauer is great. I've never read Schopenhauer. Really? There you go. Yeah, it's a great starting point. Because he has often these short little ones and it's so like the language is just amazing you know i've never looked him up i just typed it into wikipedia his picture i'm gonna like this just because how this guy looks right i didn't realize that schopenhauer looks like a fucking badass he looks like a captain of a of a warship or <laughs> I something <laughs> I, I always imagined some like meek little guy this guy looks like the fucking he means business he looks like he has Killed a few men in his life, oh. you know, to reach <laughs> old age. Jesus, this is a this is the kind of look that I can respect in a man. All right, I get it. I like this. <laughs> Schopenhauer. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, so reading in German, uh, for sure, uh, is something. I mean, the other thing also is, and we've talked about this, creating more of a home base. Right, mm -hmm. I'm in this Airbnb apartment there that are, that is very practical because it's sort of full on service. I didn't have to care about anything. It's in a very good spot, but I don't like the Airbnb. Like, it's not a place that mm -hmm. I feel like home. It's not a place that I feel inspiring. Sometimes, you know, I've been to many Airbnbs that I didn't feel like home, but were inspiring places. Um, in spaces but this place i don't like and so that adds to it as well and i've been thinking about this for a long time but again see there was something in me resisting doing going through and putting in the work and effort to create and find a spot there that i find inspiring or beautiful or that i like being in hmm. that's definitely something that i want to work on because that would make a big difference honestly like when i'm there I don't spend a lot of time outside anyways. I spend most of the time either in the apartment doing work or, you know, going to training, going to the gym or being with, you know, my family and friends. Yeah. And so the amount of time that I'm in that space that I don't like on top of not liking maybe some other things, if I can take that out of the equation, make that a space I really like. Also a space I really like being with, My friends, like maybe a space that's a bit bigger so I can host people. People can stay with me. You know, it's a bigger space. This space is, the Airbnb I'm in is very small. Um, so even when I'm with my boys there, it's just, 
too tiny, not as comfortable. So I think switching that could make could make a difference. Creating and finding a nicer place, a place I enjoy spending time in. Reading, I love reading so much these days. Maybe reading in German and rediscover the love for the German language um, is a cool idea. If the first letter didn't hit, maybe I have to keep writing letters <laughs> until <laughs> until one of those letters does something. You know, and we get. And I mean, one thing that worked really well for me is to spend as little time as possible. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that we're ending this on a note that is completely useless to me. <laughs> but I appreciate I appreciate it. Um, but it's, you know, the idea, I've never thought of Germany as a place, as an entity I have a relationship with, where I had a rocket start as a kid that developed animosity and resistance and also resentment on my part. And I've been holding on to that for way longer than it's been useful. And now finding myself in a life situation where I cannot have the relationship improved by sheer not being there, right? I'm, oh, I'm not, I'm like in a completely different place. I barely go there. So my relationship now is good. But I now have to face that place more often and face maybe some of the grudges that I'm holding on to unnecessarily and find a way to let them go and find a way to rediscover and redefine a new relationship with that place. Because Germany, for as long as I live, will be part of my home. Greece, as long as I live, will be part of my home. And the U.S., as long as I live, will be part of my home. And this is a tricky a beautiful and very enriching, but also tricky situation to be in where you're somebody like me, where there's not one place on earth that's my home. I, for most of my life, chose to feel not at home anywhere and everywhere. Like I never felt I belonged when I was in Greece. I never felt I belonged when I was in Germany. I never fully felt I belonged when I was in the US. And now at this stage of my life, changing that and seeing the flip side of that coin, the beauty of, yes, I'm a to some degree, a foreigner in all these three cultures and countries, but to a much larger degree, I'm at home at all these cultures and places. And I can make my life very rich and very fulfilling by finding a way to integrate all three places into my life. And uh, that sounds very beautiful, but next week I'm going to be back in Germany. Mm. And then we shall see in reality what kind of progress I can make but I'll definitely try.